0: Hey guys, this is Paper and Pain. I'm Steve. I'm Christian. Today, we have a special guest, and it is a special episode.
1: Who are you? The person sitting in the room with us. And what are you
2: doing here? (laughs) Oh, uh, you invited me. I I mean, uh, hey, I'm I'm Leonard. I'm Leonard Reese. I'm hanging out at Christian's house eaten some bruschetta and crackers. People would think that I have food at home and they will start
0: banging in my
1: door. I don't!
0: (laughs) He brought it over. Yes. (laughs) Okay,
2: so just a brief intro. Leonard, who are you and what do you do? Oh man, Um, I guess I gotta say I'm a self-professed design nerd. Um, Founder of Senior Product Design as well as Brooklyn product design and the, the family of product design communities. Um, but, like, in my heart, I'm a designer. I design every day.
1: Someone who's just graduated from a master's program in U.S. Oh, I three. You were about yourself. or four months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing quite exhilarating like as exhilarating as knowing that you enter this not really having expectations for what you're going to learn it's like yeah you have some sort of like a benchmark of what you want to achieve but in general you think well been in the industry for so long what are they going to teach me right mm-hmm. maybe I'm going to network a little bit but theoretically practically there's everything that I've been through and then you actually go through that experience and the further you go, the more challenges you encounter along the way, and then at the end of it, it just feels like you've you've been given a chance to reinvent yourself mm-hmm. and embrace the fact that it's no matter how long you've been practicing, how long you've been doing the thing, you're always gonna have a little something that you will need to learn. Seems that you don't know. There is always room for learning, even things you don't know about yourself. Mm-hmm. What are the things you don't know about yourselves? (laughs) Speaking of (laughs) (laughs)
2: where? I don't know.
1: There are too many. There are too many. Beside the fact that you know nothing, what was the one thing that you've learned about yourself this year?
0: One thing I learned about myself this year is. um, I, I, I think it's the courage to try something I never tried before. I I've tried I've tried many things I have never tried before in my life this year. Yeah.
1: You go to examples ideally design related? Name one <laughs> <laughs> I dare you I double dare you name one thing
0: okay design related um I'm trying to write a PIG Figma plugin. Oh, yeah, that's sweet. Okay, that's actually nice. Since I always wanted to, but I never dared to try before. And it's always getting very complicated, like halfway there. And well, finally, I just follow all the steps around, you know, this official YouTube tutorial, <laughs> both, like step by step, and I still get stuck a few times. Uh, well, eventually it works. Because so.
1: nothing teaches you quite as much as just having sort of a goal in mind or something that you want to achieve, and then just consistently failing at achieving that to a point where you can more or less do something close to what you, you would have envisioned mm. initially. Leonard, what is the thing that you've done this year?
2: <laughs> Maybe you learned about yourself. Did I learn about myself? I mean,. It's, it's been a pretty crazy year for me, honestly, looking back. Um, I had a job when the year started. I lost a job. I went and I lived in China for four months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I <laughs> desperately tried to get a new job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I finally did. In. In in the course of that journey, what, what did I learn? I mean, i i, I improved my I improved my Chinese quite a bit, my Mandarin. living In, wow. in, in northwestern China for that long.
0: Wow, impressive! You're trying to conquer one of the hardest languages in the world.
2: I mean, I've been trying for a decade now.
0: <laughs> for a decade.
2: Yeah, my so my spouse is a Chinese citizen. So since since I've been with her i've you know sometimes passively sometimes more actively been chipping away at learning that mm-hmm. old language um and for someone who's been studying it for so long i should be much better than my level is but i'm like i'm a solid intermediate i can understand mm-hmm. like most casual conversation when I, when i first met her we we used japanese language to communicate we we were both living in japan And she, she had, you know, studied English in, in school in China, but not with any interest. And her English was, you know, not, not even conversational. And my Chinese was non-existent, Mm -hmm. but we both, uh, spoke Japanese, um, to varying degrees. Maybe some of us were more advanced than others. Wow. No, no, hers is better. She, she has a... Degree in Japanese language and a master's in Japanese social studies, so she's quite fluent. And I, I was, I, I, I became conversational enough to bartend in Japan. But that was our, that was our love language when we started our relationship, and we've been married for, we've been married for ten years, I guess, together for twelve years, twelve or thirteen. Um, and her her family only speaks Mandarin, so in order to communicate with them, it's, it can only be in Mandarin. So. So is that something I learned about myself, um, I guess I learned that I can, I can ride a camel. Does that count? <laughs> a camel? Ride a camel. Yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what a camel is?
0: It's like oh, the animal with it's two humps. A hoofed animal with a <laughs> <laughs> Now, the <laughs> first actually that came my mind was camel case.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm also it's like exactly. writing, writing in camel. Like, what's so hard about writing in camel case? And then it's like, oh, writing, <laughs> camel. camel
0: the actual yeah, writing
2: camel case. The first letter is lowercase, and then every uh-huh. word starts with a capital case with no spaces. There's also a
0: camel, which. There's a camel with the heads up. So it's the upper camel Oh, case. goodness.
1: Uh, it's the fact that we don't interact with, like, wildlife in the wilderness mm-hmm. in general. That the first thing we think about is the thing that we stare at mm-hmm. all the time instead of, you know,
2: the thing you should be thinking of. Okay, let's let's go through. What are the cases? So there's there's kebab case, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where? Uh, I can only think kebab of kebab case. and camel. Yeah. Kebab, camel. So kebab is where every word... And we're talking about... Um, naming conventions for Mm -hmm. naming files or naming layers or whatever so every every word is separated by a dash Mm -hmm. what is it when you separate everything with an underscore is there a name oh oh there is there's a case with that yeah i mean okay Mm -hmm. you can definitely uh,
1: i i don't know the names i can't remember any any others other than the food and the, (laughs) the animal but there's the one where you essentially use sentence case. Mm-hmm. So it is a camel, but with the capital mm-hmm. letter being the first one, which is
0: horrible, come to think of it. It's but the when one you use the sentence case, do you also use the capital for... Articles.
1: Honestly, uh, last time I used any proper naming convention, I can't even think of that. My file's all been like new file, copy, 55. Copy and, of the file. And v- you don't want to look at my layers v- 50 now. final
0: dot final dash final final.
1: I wish I could swap my layer names for the amount of money in my bank account because I literally have layer... 65 35
0: 22 69 25 and it's like yes <laughs> Would not no be lovely. Way. no okay okay you you're not a design system guy yeah but you should name all your don't day. you don't okay. you think yeah but
1: like why why should you in speaking of that mm-hmm. should you even be doing that like should you maybe do a little less and achieve more than you know spend a lot of a lot of time just naming your layers who the hell cares about the way you name them unless you have like unless you connect it to some some third party API Mm -hmm. and the name and the key name are sort of like intertwined in this case
0: it's first party uh, API in Mm Figma so you have to make sure the component works
1: okay my case is simple I think that if there's a if there's an opportunity for me to not do something Mm -hmm. I'd rather not do it (laughs) (laughs) And I think this is precisely what's been driving us as a humanity in general. Maybe it's a little simplified, so we'll need to elaborate on this.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Our intrinsic desire to stop doing meaningless things and actually focus on meaningful things, which a lot of us confuse with laziness, I Mm -hmm. would call it optimization. Mm -hmm. This is precisely what we need to embrace. And this is precisely what we need to be looking at. As in, do less and achieve more with it rather than do more and hope that you would achieve pretty much the same result.
0: Yeah. You know, actually, the majority of industry, in a word, is actually, unfortunately, on the second part. As in, uh, um, you, you, over, you overworked
1: and underachieving?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I just feel like we are spending lots of effort, lots of resources and time roaming around since that can be easily solved by improving the process. But we are kind of stuck in the process. And then we try even harder, but we can't actually even get what we want it to be.
2: In the context of design projects, I see this happen a lot where designers will try to design their way out of problems. um so they'll and i'm saying they'll i mean like me many times in my past and um and i and i see it all the time um we will encounter a problem or we'll um be in a disagreement with maybe some project stakeholders and we'll double down and kind of turn to our design files and just say like, you know what, if I just like pour myself into this design <laughs> and try to fix everything and fix everything, then I can come up with the perfect solution that's going to solve the problem, and make everyone happy, and then I'll get patted on the head. So pe- this is what I mean by like designing your way out of a problem. But, but there's really like diminishing returns when people start to do that. So. So even if you make like twenty versions of a screen or whatever it is mm-hmm. that you're, whatever design problem that you're trying to solve, um, it 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 doesn't address probably the uh, underlying issue that caused the disagreement or caused the 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 friction in the first place. Mm-hmm. So what we as designers end up doing is just like spinning our wheels in the mud. Um, Getting ourselves exhausted, we can kind of clock out at the end of the day feeling exhausted and feel like we deserve the paycheck that we earned with all of those hours spent um, toiling over the computer. but did we really accomplish anything? No. Do you guys ever do that or that's
0: painful. <laughs> it sounds very painful. I think the but I, I really understand yeah, I, I share the same sentiment. The I okay I, I don't want to get overly like theoretical with it uh,
1: or philosophical for that matter, but what you can definitely see in uh, our context in the context of Singapore as well, it doesn't really matter whether you work for like a big international company or a, or a local enterprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would see that there's this value of an office space is the space where people don't just come together to collaborate and do things, but they come to clock in and clock out, essentially. And that is also a matrix that's being evaluated. Mm-hmm. And it basically, the amount of time that you spend in the office, uh, whether you're working there or not, really doesn't matter. But the amount of time that you spend there constitutes labor. So people are inclined to believe that if you do want to work hard you need to be physically present there your mind or your body need to be focused on doing that particular thing Mm -hmm. and sometimes it just doesn't make any sense like there's cases when you could have used those resources differently you could have actually optimized them better i'm not saying doing less and not doing anything at all all i'm saying is you could have like channeled them to doing something else Mm -hmm. Within your scope of work. I'm not saying clock out immediately when you're done at 11 in the morning and just go home <laughs> and chill. If you can... But maybe you should. Good job. If
2: you can do that, then great. If I, you can do... Here's hey, right. sort of, what I uh, Yeah, exactly. Why not? I, I find myself, like, um, psychotically just creating meaningless to-dos <laughs> for mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. to check off all day. Yeah, yeah. And I... I I have this weird habit and I'm self-aware of it but I I don't know I, I haven't addressed it uh, in a productive way yet, of of just like filling up my day with these to-dos but then it often if I don't act on those to do's. And then I like look back at the ones that I had created for myself a few days ago, like they're completely meaningless. And it becomes like really obvious, like, well, it, it made no difference to, to anything it had no consequence. If I would have done that task or if I would have not done that task. So then the conclusion is, well, like, why don't I just like not do so many tasks, just do less. And in fact, in some cases I'm um, like shooting myself in the foot with, a lot of this excess energy or excess like try-heartedness, mm-hmm. um and I end up doing things that, you know, create create trouble or or create more confusion um, than than would have been created if I would have just like literally done, done nothing, like checked out at eleven, gone taken a nap.
0: Sometimes it's very paradox, isn't it? Um, I I can share probably a little bit about my 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 experience. Um, you know, the whole thing about design system is everybody loves it when it's done perfectly fine. And everybody hates it when there's something doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At all. <laughs> so true. And everybody hates it so much. And the thing is, when the scale of the design system is so big, and when you are in the team that is so big, every little changes you made You got to involve with a lot of stakeholders and a lot of designers and marketing team. So basically everybody want to chip in with a little bit of idea from them. I mean, there's nothing wrong with them, of course. Everybody want, we we all have a very good vision. We want the product to be good. But because there's so many parties that's involved in the process, every little change, we have this ripple effect. And Mm -hmm. the ripple just kind of, overlapping each other right and now that's for the designer only now imagine you're coming in there and you're challenged with a task okay we're going to merge our design system and um, let's come out with the completely new design system we are going to make it global everywhere that is no longer a ripple effect that is underwater nuclear testing (laughs) by the time you finish building
1: your design system, you already need to start building version 2.0, right?
0: Yes, so that's something I've recently been challenging, and I I try very hard to achieve it. Of course, um, it it is still achievable. Um, It just takes very, very thoughtful and dedicated planning. How do
1: you cut the amount of labor in this case? How do you do less how do you achieve
0: the same result without actually doing so much? The whole thing is design system is a very complicated thing. And it's very... In, I mean, as at the core, is actually a very simple thing, but it's just because everything is linked up and therefore it's complicated. But being complicated is not actually a bad thing. What makes us feeling bad is complicated, but also chaotic. But if you can bring some sort of order to complexity I mean a system can be complicated there are a lot of complex systems around us look at a cockpit it is so complicated and there is no way you can simplify it because every button serves a feature there Mm. well people who trained to operate knows how to operate
2: I could simplify it maybe you couldn't
0: (laughs) how (laughs) enlighten me no, I don't know I I don't know how did how do
2: how did those things get designed um, cockpit yeah oh that uh, seems like a sweet job by the way I, I would take that brief if mm. the brief is like to design a simpler cockpit interface no, having
1: having spent uh, eight years living with a former flight attendant in mm-hmm. uh, like never actually touched the the, the, the plane's interiors from, mm-hmm. from that side but having heard of like how things work uh, one way or the other Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think what you are trying to say is there are things that are naturally complicated Mm -hmm. and you can't really simplify them without damaging them which in a way is the case if you are trained for example if you're a trained pilot who's always flying a Boeing then you know what it steering
0: is right you well, have the yolk, right like if you're on a surgeon there's no way you can simplify the surgery but if you're moving
1: over to an airbus you're not going to have a yolk anymore you're going to have a joystick mm-hmm. so you're going to need it, it is a simplified it is a simplified solution uh, in a way it it looks like it is simpler it is just different right it is opt it has optimized one interaction mm-hmm. and introduced some more but Ultimately, it didn't reduce the complexity. It just made it understandable from a different angle. But what you are trying to say is there is a level after which you cannot, like, simplify things anymore or stop doing things. You, like, there's laziness and it hit its ceiling. You have to start doing things to to, to get to the results. On the other hand, and I'm literally sitting between the two of them. On the other hand, we have those meaningless to-do lists. (laughs) Things you put together... For yourself, and I've been doing this for years, that's how I calm my ADHD down. Like, I need to see visually, I need to see uh, my tasks Mm -hmm. being broken down into small, achievable Mm -hmm. tasks that I can, you know, check out and say, Well, I've done this today. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, if my task of cutting the cheese uh, (laughs) will eventually be broken down to some granular things like, Take the cheese. Unwrap the cheese. Take the knife. Like, I would have completed 25 tusks by the time I started eating it, but... Ultimately, what's the point? I would spend more time, you know, putting together this checklist. I
0: don't know. Sometimes maybe it's a rich people issue, you know, cutting the cheese using a specific type of knife. Okay,
1: there's cheese pro- there's cheese Puts. products that you also need to cut, and, and there's then the plastic on. that you need to rip instead yes. of actually. Unwrapping and then which mat
0: you're putting it on, and which stone you're putting it on. Most likely,
1: just you know, just 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 the angle of the knife you want to cut into the cheese.
0: My point is,
1: uh, I think there is definitely a sweet spot. Between the two, between doing absolutely nothing mm-hmm. and just embracing the fact that I have a lot of things to do and just just doing it and doing meaningless things and doing as many of them as possible because, you know, life, life's just too complicated and you don't want to feel bad about not doing yeah thing. I,
2: mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think maybe you, you touched on something there that like maybe there is a psychological uh, need that we are fulfilling st- Simply by like creating tasks for ourselves and doing the tasks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, we even play video games that are basically just that. Like, have you guys ever played um, like any of those like farming simulators? Oh yeah, like, love um, it. In my second school days, Stardew wow. Valley is one, but, but it's basically that. It's just, or it's just it's like a job simulator. The entire lineup of Sims games. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just it's just like making tasks and checking. Them. So so maybe that's kind of what we're doing. It's like we're we're going in and we're we're clocking into our job and. We're like playing this like kind of weird, boring video game all day of like how much <laughs> I think I think there's pointless only bullshit there's only do.
1: one little thing that it's is missing. Addictive. There's only one little thing that is missing in this case, and if we take the analogy of a game, mm-hmm. the game would not really have it. Uh, Duolingo would have it though. Mm-hmm. It is the element of shame. It is the element that is embedded in our cultures, in our upbringing, in our education, and essentially in, again, I don't want to sound lefty, this kid, but uh, in the capitalism in general. Mm -hmm. You are uh, compelled to believe that you need to be as productive as you can, Mm -hmm. I don't know, quote-unquote hustle culture, whatever we want to call (laughs) it, but you are told that basically you have uh, this finite amount of resources and you need to put all of them into completing your tasks because this is exactly what puts food on your table. This is how you survive, right? And the success of the company is your success as well. And the harder you work, the better the company is off. And then essentially you are reaping the benefits. Mm-hmm. So in a way, I mean, we can debate whether the statement itself is true or not, but the way it results... Uh, in terms of impact on our understanding of our role as working bees is that we we believe that we need to be productive at all costs at all times and we end up burning out because you cannot be productive for eight hours a day five days a week for 52 weeks every single (laughs) year at some point you're going to reach the threshold where it's like you have three hours max of actually productive work a day. Everything else, you're going to fill in with breaks. You're going to fill in with toilets, lunchtime, cooler talk, whatever you need, right? Growing through email list. And then you are, you are mm-hmm. forced to work even more. And then at some point you're like, well, if I'm not being productive for mm-hmm. eight hours, mm-hmm. do I actually deserve what I'm getting paid? And for many people, the answer is no. I feel guilty for not being productive enough.
2: Yeah, true. I feel that. Yeah.
1: Do you feel guilty? But it's not. For not being productive enough.
2: But 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 it's not your fault. It's just that right. I mean this is the like how does society? These are, are the expectations. In? Yeah. Oh no, I mean these I'm not the, I'm not saying it's objectively it's because of the pressure exactly. put, put on us because that's that's how we. Talk. Everyone like talks as if we th- there is this like bizarre expectation. Yes, please. <laughs> um, expectation to be productive, but but I mean like that's not how animals live, right? That's not how humans evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the sprints that like
1: lionesses have when they come together and they assess how many gazelles they actually hunted and the lion being the pm is like well ladies i don't think you've been productive enough (laughs) you know i've only had four today and you know i've got some cubs over here Mm -hmm. i kind of feel like we need to increase our okrs and also jenna jenna Uh i'm gonna eat you tomorrow you laid off (laughs) sorry sorry you know we need to cut the 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 fat a little bit and (laughs)
2: <laughs> but but even humans or like like humanoids or pre-humans or, or whatever, I mean th- this this like notion of work I mean certainly the notion of like um, currency and and paid labor is mm-hmm. is relatively new in, in human evolution. Well we have but, like seven thousand
1: years of civilization, if we think all the way back in 7000 years we've actually gotten much worse even if we look back at the uh days of like okay we think that labor law is a new invention right and we didn't have unions or anything and back in the days people would work for like 6 days a week for 12 hours mm-hmm. but the amount of work that they were actually getting done during those hours the amount of efforts they had to put in it it was somewhat comparable uh mostly because not because it wasn't hard like it was in fact it was exhausting they were like killing themselves out there Mm -hmm. but now the person is actually expected to do much more than just that within like shorter hours and then is also shamed for not doing enough and all of this is like the amount of stress that you are forced to endure uh, is just getting out of, out of hands, basically. So back in the days, you would produce your item, you would sell it, and if you simplify all of this, you want to think about the Industrial Revolution era. You go to a factory, you're getting paid for the hours you spend there. It's a tough job. It's a hard labor. But you wouldn't face that many modern quote-unquote challenges that you would today outside of that kind of line of work and evident by the number of kids that you can realistically uh, produce and then raise on like one salary
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you're the breadwinner of the family uh, the quality of living or the real estate that you can purchase like don't don't look far in the in the past think about the 1990s versus today Uh, some people like bringing up the home alone Uh, the father's house that is like just
2: great movie just watched it this weekend
1: just beautiful and everybody's like how can you afford it? And everyone just goes Well That's goes why the wet monitor. bandits wanted to
2: burglarize it. They had their is that. That house is the, the only class. reason they started working this neighborhood.
1: This is what middle class can afford. Now, you look at South Korea, South Korean government actually uh, facilitated a study with uh, singles and couples, uh, childless singles and couples trying to figure out why people don't really want to have children and they try to figure out why the fertility rate is dropping it's because people are subjected to so much stress those days Mm -hmm. inflation global unrest uh, local unrest uh, in general hustle culture Mm
0: -hmm.
1: is just it it has reached the point where people have to focus on say developing your career Uh, but then even that doesn't really come as easy as it would have it is not as straightforward as you invest x amount of hours and you do x amount of things and then you reap x amount of benefits so is there a point in working as hard as you can if the returns are diminishing and the ask is constantly increasing
2: so so this is why i'm so excited for for this this ai revolution that we're having right now because to have a little more wine if we're going to start discussing (laughs) (laughs) because doesn't it mean that with uh with all of these artificial intelligence uh applications like don't we have to work less now can't we just like defer most of our labor to the ai and we can just kind of relax a little bit more What would be the task
1: that you would actually trust an AI with? Like, we're designers, so let's think about that. What would be the thing that you would let AI take over?
0: Writing email.
1: Writing emails. Mm, But, of course, I need to proofread first. Okay, so you would, instead of spending five minutes writing an email, you're going to spend five minutes reading through an
0: email and then proofreading it? No, writing emails that is... That you, you can basically reply in a repetitive pattern. So what do you need an AI for?
1: Well, it's automated. Yeah, but then you, you can't really automate it if you need to proofread it. Just take a glance? Or will you actually proofread it
0: if you just take a glance? Don't you need to check okay, the facts? I'll just quote-unquote proofread it, but make sure, okay, it looks like the tonality is fine and then send.
2: Steve, okay, we in in the context of what you explained earlier about um, the complexities of maintaining a design system at scale for mm-hmm. like a large org- organization or for an enterprise product um, or, or for an enterprise with multiple products. Do you think, do you think, how, how do I phrase this? Like do, what, what, what aspects of that work do you think are going to in, in 10 years, be done by the AI, mm-hmm. and what aspects do you think that a human being is still going to need to do?
0: Oh, for sure. One thing I really hope is AI can help me to write my documentation. <laughs> yeah. I, it's 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 painful, to write your own documentation, but I I know it's like for example you you've been spending, one to two years trying to try to come up with an industrial product a, dis- yeah. a, 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 a actual product and then you have to spend another half year writing the user instruction writing the manual and most of them are actually pretty straightforward or they can be done in a very templated form- formatted pre-formatted repetitive way so if they can actually help me to write my documentation then I just go and check make sure everything is every every touch point is covered and if i got any special request about a component and i just let it does it for me
2: hmm.
0: well i hope documentation is definitely something i i will rely on ai to help me to complete
2: yeah are there are there other aspects of it i mean are there other aspects uh, it, is is there a future where where the business can simply leverage a, an AI system to build new components, where you can. I mean, because we're almost there. Like, like we. I mean, we have tools like Wizard, like you. Was it UI um, Like, spelled Yeah, I heard UI. about that.
1: Yeah. Robots building robots.
2: Yeah, but like, well, <laughs> robots that are already designing <laughs> UI. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. they, they, they kind of suck. Right now, Mm -hmm. and that app I think still kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. um, The last time I checked, but you can kind of see it's like sort of it's like a toddler Mm -hmm. who's like kind of like kind of able to do what you're hoping it to do, but but I I mean I'm I'm asking this question and I'm kind of like playing the part of a business owner, Mm -hmm. like of a boss or of a capitalist Mm -hmm. who's thinking. How can I um, extract the most value for for the lowest cost, and certainly the the lowest cost of like employing human beings mm-hmm. and supporting people's livelihood? So, like, when can I start firing all the designers now? It's just yeah. like it evident,
1: over? evident by what we see now. You can pretty much just start doing this and hope that at some point AI will just come in and, you know, replace them. And by then you can just have like a, a handful of what you used to have and they will do the bulk Th- of the that's job. That's
0: actually quite a sad truth. Um, 2023, yeah. as we are coming to the end of this year, is it's pretty sad to see many industries are uh, letting go of designers and I, I'm not sure about you guys I just read a report a few days ago Spotify? no not Spotify oh, somebody who did a, a, a research and there was a report like um, how many designers has been affected by the layoff um, but yeah Spotify most recently right? I think so, so. it's just recently yeah. just last they did, week they did yeah. 15 17 and then how, many are like, how many are senior how many are leads how many are junior and they found actually the majority of them are actually senior and leads I think what what is like in the context of
1: today's chat at least, what is actually quite devastating is the fact that uh, the pretense is that we can automate some of those aspects and we can actually allow ourselves to have fewer designers doing you know the, the bulk of the tasks mm-hmm. while also automating or letting AI take care of it. Completely forgetting the fact that we don't actually have an AI that's capable of doing that. And mm-hmm. we're most likely not going to have it in the not-too-distant future. Mm-hmm. It's like we we have an issue with hallucinations that we're not going to solve. Mm-hmm. But we also have this huge problem of... Uh, designers forgetting that they're not really working in figma mm-hmm. and they're not really working with mock-ups or wireframes or anything like that yeah not even with documentation mm-hmm. like your job is to understand humans your job is to actually distill the lies from the truths when you talk into your stakeholders or mm-hmm. your users your yeah, job yeah, yeah. is to identify what the real problem is right there's a human in front of you and the human is telling you Uh, looking you in the eye Mm -hmm. that they absolutely love your product that they love everything that you have designed and your job is to ask few questions as few as you can to actually figure out that they haven't used it they haven't they don't even know which company you work for they're just being polite that way and if there was somebody else who would just take it you know for for granted and they would be like well users love our things and we just (laughs) Go with that. You, you you can understand the consequences of that. And I'm not trying to exaggerate. I can definitely imagine at some point Figma going completely obsolete because truth being told, you don't really need it. In what we do, we won't really need it at some point. The same way as you don't really need a lot of other tools that were essential 20 years ago for
2: design. But but I think like every function of the company will like every human performing every job could become obsolete from that argument. Like all the coders are gonna become obsolete. And like, how about all the managers? Let's let's replace all the managers. With, oh, that with, is with that robots. is another
1: token town, right? I mean, <laughs>
2: the, how companies about, flattening how about like out. like head of innovation. Let's just, let's just let the yeah. robot do innovation. How about the CIO? Precisely, how about the C- CFO. Can we just replace That's, everyone? Yeah. That's, That's precisely
1: the thinking that is destroying all industries, and that is precisely the the point that they make. Is in we need fewer managers, completely forgetting that the job of a manager is to help people grow into like other functions or perform more than they're capable of and aligning the teams and making sure that you know there's a connection tissue between different mm. functions and different roles in the organization same applies to everybody else engineers are also solving problems right if engineer can actually be freed from say choosing the case right and they don't have to think about whether they go with camel case or they go with kebab case or something else like 20 years ago, you had to manually establish this. You had to have like an entire elaborate framework where you would write, how are you are going to write variables? How are you going to name them and all? Mm-hmm. Know, well, tw- 20, 20 years before that, you had to like,
2: like assemble You had to write assemble, it in assembly. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: right. <laughs> Five <laughs> bytes to the left. Yeah, two exactly. Bytes to the yeah, bo- yeah, and that's th- now
2: obsolete. Thank the, God.
1: The point is, no, it actually isn't. It actually isn't. And the best thing is that, uh, this is a great example, but uh, the point is that... Uh, you are a problem solver and you have to focus on doing other things because there's no way those other things get done you know automatically think about how you didn't have a whiteboard or you didn't have like collaborative tools and you had to do a lot of things manually before you could bring people together and before you could do it all online it's the same as you're a cook And you're not just coming up with this new dish and you're not just putting it together. You also need to chop your veggies. You also need to spend time chopping the onion and mincing the onion is not a fun thing. You need to go to the fucking market, right? And you need to pick the fish. And you need to be sure that you get a good one. Now, you don't have to do this if you have a service who's gonna deliver it. Is it making you a better cook? Is it making you a worse cook? No, it's freeing you up to do some other things. It doesn't make your job obsolete. Right? You just focus your efforts on doing other things. Right? If you're an editor and you're editing a film, yes, definitely, there's computers who can do it for you or rather with you, or rather you are going to be doing it through the computer. You don't have to manually cut the film. I mean, mm-hmm. you probably do still have to do that, but bulk of work is done with the computer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you are not needed. In fact, you are needed more than
2: ever. Well, this is how... I mean, this is why the all the the, the filmmaking guilds in America have been on strike for most of this year. I mean, the, the writers and the actors, yeah. and then mm-hmm. I think also like the... Oh, the notion of replacing writers
1: with AIs, like... <laughs> What is there? Like, is there an actual executive who is sitting? Yes, there is definitely absolutely. an executive. There's ab- a bunch is. of
2: them. that's all they talk about.
1: No, like, oh, can yeah. we can we take this robot and the robot's just gonna write it for us? And you're like, so so. I heard Have you that? actually seen your TV series? You're like, this is written by real people and it's already bad. Now employ a robot to continue the storyline.
2: Like, um not only not only film media but also music so so i i was in a presentation uh a couple of weeks ago with um with one of these uh large companies dealing with uh machine learning development and one of their <laughs> one of their one of their like use cases that they were pitching that they were so excited about was um the capacity for um ai to generate customized music on the fly Mm. for listeners so so like think about spotify so like uh, okay so we don't even need musicians to supply our content for our platform anymore we can just have programs just kind of like tune into your Listening preferences and yeah. automatically generate no, wow. <laughs> no, nope. nope. like nonsense De- for you to yeah. listen to in the background. Yeah, one yeah, nonsense. I mean,
1: there. okay, elevator music definitely. If you need some background music for you to go and oh I don't God. know, go number two and then take a shower and do some but chores. There are so many music even in this there. case, as I like go and listen to a podcast, yeah. go and listen to a live stream. Yep.
2: Anything. anything oh, I would love. I would love for it to generate podcasts. It can put you guys out of a job, just like. Two dudes rambling. <laughs>
1: there was so there is there is this beautiful team uh, behind a tool called Slide Bean and they're producing videos. I actually discovered them initially through mm-hmm. the, the, the YouTube videos. They have this entire series called Company Forensics where they're analyzing failed companies and startups. Mm-hmm. And at some point they love experimenting. And you can see how the quality of videos have been increasing over the years. In uh, recently they announced that they were going to experiment with chat GPT and mm-hmm. they were going to produce, uh, a, an actual video that is written and directed by chat GPT. Mm-hmm. So they were going to like key in, uh, all the, all the settings and all the details. And then they were going to feed it the insights so that it produces the second part. So that technically, you know how we talk about algorithms, how they calculate everything for us mm-hmm. and how like okay let's use an actual ai to produce a video for us analyze the responses and the comments and then take those into consideration and write a new one you can guess the results and they, they released the whole like analytics after that they were like they did it, the whole video with like the take on why it failed and how it failed exactly mm-hmm. the end result was horrible and it was just a short video and it wasn't even you know anything creative it was supposed to be informative Mm -hmm. So if we cannot do that, if we still need, you know, this human element to to come in, to step in and make some emotional decisions. And if we can't really calculate things like happiness, things like joy, sadness, emotions and everything to a certain degree, at least, then again, maybe we need to focus on that and let AI take care of the things that we spend our resources uh, essentially in vain on. Let the AI do the things that...
0: Let us be lazy and creative yeah. while mm-hmm. being lazy. <laughs> but yes, I actually, um, do you actually think human civilization, after all these years of development, are we overdeveloped in terms of workplace culture, or in terms of technology? Maybe we shouldn't have gone so far.
2: So far? Overdeveloped. I mean, I think we're overdeveloped in a lot of ways. I think we're overdeveloped in like military technology, obviously, <laughs> like, like we went way, way too far a long time ago. Um, okay. So, so I want to get back to this point of, of like doing less and like, I mean, d- don't we want to reach a future where we can live a happier life or where like all of humanity can live a happier life? Um, and be burdened less by, um, like, the, the, the shackles of your um, day job, which you must devote um, the majority of your waking hours to, simply in order to save up enough wealth to <laughs> have enough money from between you <laughs> when you retire until when you die. Uh-huh. Uh, that's quite a depressing prospect um, so I would hope that for future generations for like my my son and my you know my progeny or, or or just humanity in in the future in general that wouldn't it be nice if these technological advances like this AI that everyone's excited about could eliminate uh, some of that toil and we could you know like mm-hmm. contribute a fair share a reasonable share share and and like feel response feel, feel like we're fulfilling our duty to society and feel like we have a purpose mm-hmm. um, but it's just much less well no because that's not what is driving this um, technical t- technological revolution at all and it's not what's driving all of the billions of investment this year in AI startups and AI initiatives and enterprises it's it's Okay, no, we're, we're absolutely not going to take the foot off the pedal whatsoever. We're not going to let these workers slack even one second. <laughs> we're just going to, like, inject these a, uh, AI steroids into them so that they can yep. be, like, super productive. So that they can accomplish um, in a 50-hour work week what people could only accomplish in, you know, a 100-hour work week mm-hmm. um, years ago. Uh, so like it's it's all still about this drive of um innovation and uh, I don't know like like winning and and um uh winning the market and I don't know. It, I I guess I guess I'm kind of back to my original point of being <laughs> depressed and being bummed out. It's
0: um, it's still humanity the at the end of, of the, day. the year. I don't know.
1: I I kind of want to remind us that there is a mm-hmm a principle uh, not a law not, not something that is applied to every situation, but a very simple principle, Pareto principle of 80-20 mm-hmm. where, you know, 20% of your efforts usually grant you with 80% of your results. You just, just don't know. It's, it's like 50% of my marketing budget is wasted. I wish I knew which of the 50%, you know. So, in this case, I wish I knew when to focus on those 20 and to let go of the 80. in. I think uh, For me definitely 2023 is A tough year It is It it was supposed to be Some Somewhat A year of recovery in, In many aspects It was supposed to be A year when we would probably get a chance to, you know, reinvent ourselves in a good ways after Mm -hmm. the pandemic and all. And what I see right now, I'm actually very disappointed in, in many things that are happening around me, especially in the design industry. But in, yeah, I... I'm not really hopeful for the future in which we are free from, you know, this routine and labor. I kind of feel like we are moving precisely in the wrong direction. We are trying to achieve more with fewer resources. We are trying to put a price tag to absolutely everything. We're trying to measure things that you cannot really measure. And as designers, it is really easy to get like disillusioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is really easy to just give up, especially if you're young, if you're just looking for a job. But what I believe in, and I think I'm going to die on that hill, very possibly I'm going to die on that hill of starvation <laughs> at some point, you know, because every one of us will be out of jobs soon. But I think that uh, there will come a time in the nearest future when companies will start realizing the value of problem solving in the human interaction, in human-computer interaction as well. So how do we actually interact not with this persona or like the user or the custom? How do we interact with a person uh, on the other side of the screen or the receiving end of the service? Mm -hmm. Uh, And in order to do that, we actually need to understand the human and we need to understand the problem that we're solving for him. And this is not a task that a machine can solve unless machine is conscious. But again, in this case, there's bunkers. So, you know... Hide in there, get some cans, Uh, you're probably going to die anyway because, you know, uh, machines, ashes, nuclear war and all. But I think that when this moment comes, uh, it will provide us a really good opportunity to show the cases where we can demonstrate how we use those insights, the behavioral insights, Mm -hmm. how we gain the knowledge of human psyche of human brain essentially how we studied a little bit of psychology a little bit of human computer interaction even mm-hmm. in the classical sense uh, and how we go into apply this in this new era uh ai may take over the routine part of the job it may take over some of the parts of what we do today mm-hmm. but i don't think this aspect will ever go away for better or worse
0: yeah. So before we end our night, I do have one more question for all of us. Um Yes, e you just mentioned that your twenty twenty three has been supposed to be a year of recovery, but you chose a different word to recovery. describe it. So It's like it's an AA meeting and I'm like a year of recovery. <laughs> but Yeah, so which word would you choose to conclude your year?
1: burnout one word or two
0: words (laughs) it's one word it's It's a burnout the burnout okay they're not
2: um no i wouldn't wouldn't say burnout i would say more i mean bear in mind i was unemployed for for nearly three months while I, i was job hunting between jobs um so So I think I'm I'm just happy to be here. If it's in one word, then maybe grateful. Grateful. (laughs) Just grateful for life. I mean, I'm grateful for having a supporting family. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for uh, having a supportive community. I'm grateful for, like, everyone who um, helped me out, everyone who, like, you know, um, wrote me a recommendation or, like, uh, made a connection or recommended me. So I'm grateful to many, many people um, for, for simply even being able to have a job, to be in a stable situation, because um, in the middle of the year, um, I, I was totally uncertain. I didn't know what my future was going to be. So, yeah, I, I, I would say I feel a ton of gratitude. I'm very grateful. Steve? Um, the
0: word for my year, it will be Explore. Yeah, so as I, as I mentioned at the beginning of this session, I, I did try a lot of things I never tried before. And, well, there's a lot of things you never know that, yeah, I'm quite, kind of surprised to see. Well, actually, you can do that. Or you thought you can't play the sport well, but actually then I figured out I, actually, I, can, I can play something I never tried before. Or you can't code. Then I found out, well, if you just follow step by step, you can still learn something you never thought. You were able to achieve, yeah. And well, okay. I thought like I'm gonna stuck in agency forever, but yeah, I made a change in my job. I made a leap in my career. So it's a year I'm of trying something new. Yeah, thanks. Trying something new, explore mm-hmm. things so okay well, I, I don't want i don't want to be optimistic I don't want to sound yeah I
1: don't want to sound like an ungrateful bastard sitting next to <laughs> the two of you uh I burnout. my burnout, <laughs> burnout. A burnout is a lesson man. It okay. can you. be a good thing my burnout is a lesson okay yes so i'm I'm disillusioned with a lot of things that I used to believe in mm-hmm. I am uh definitely unhappy with a lot of things which is Fine. It I is. Like an, it is have us? You know. You can't really be ha- if you're happy with everything in your life. You probably either stagnating or you like you're yeah. dead. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think <laughs> what burnout teaches me is mm-hmm. thing number one. I'm learning to prioritize myself mm-hmm. and my mental wealthness, mm-hmm. my mental health. I wanted to say, and wellness is my mental wealth. <laughs> wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, mental wealth. Oh, mental lot of words, Yes. So but yeah. let's, let's put it like that. So I'm. I'm focusing on that. I'm focusing on being. If not happy, then at least. Fine, mm-hmm. good. I'm trying to embrace other sides of me. that are not a designer. I don't want to identify as my job title anymore, and I kind of want to put it in action. And I think that a burnout gives us really good opportunity to, you know, not only procrastinate and do nothing, but also mm-hmm. to look back at our journeys and think about what we're gonna do next. And maybe the next thing's gonna be, well challenging exciting and fun for a change who knows yeah so if you're still listening we do i don't know why you're still listening we're having (laughs) fun here hope you're having fun as well yeah hey folks drop your words in the chats as well wherever we have the, the chats out there drop your word of 2024
0: uh, 2023 2023 yes <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm jumping ahead a little bit we are not in twenty-four yet yeah jumping ahead I don't want 2024 to be
1: a year of burnout no no
0: <laughs> don't 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 double burn it yeah don't don't think
2: I yes and okay yeah I think we are coming to the end of this session all so. right cool hey what a fun what a fun uh, pilot live stream first time we've ever done this I'm so I'm, I hey I'm grateful mm-hmm to paper in pain for the paper and pain boys. To, <laughs> and thanks to, to, <laughs> to product, product design groups.
0: <laughs> yeah, so thank you for listening. This is paper in pain. I'm Steve. I'm Christian. I'm Leonard. <laughs> See you around, folks. See you around. Bye and merry Christmas.
1: <laughs> Happy New Year.
0: <laughs> yeah, twenty four.